Welcome to Best Friends Club Podcast. I'm Renee. I'm Ashley. This is season two, episode two, the one with the breast milk. Yay, season two, episode two. So if you were with us through season one, you know that Ross had a son named Ben with his ex-wife, Carol, and her life partner, Susan. Her rude and annoying life partner, Susan. Rude and annoying. She's not very rude and annoying in this one, I don't think. No, she's fine in this episode. Yeah. So they all have the baby over at the apartment, and everybody's, like, cooing over Ben and um, showering him with gifts. And Susan is like, oh, he's fussy. It's time to feed him. And, or sorry, Monica and Chandler are awkward about it. No, Monica doesn't care. So Chandler and Joey get really awkward about it, and then they start asking Carol questions. About um, breastfeeding, yeah. Yeah, about breastfeeding. But when it really gets interesting is when Phoebe heats up the bottle and she tests it on her arm and she tastes the breast milk and everybody freaks out. Right. Except for Joey. Except for Joey. Also puts it on his arm and tastes it. So he's not full of the breastfeeding in public, but he has no problem with breast milk. Right. Have you ever tried breast milk? No, I haven't. Have you? I haven't, but I, I'm i not opposed to it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you the same question. Would you ever try it? Yeah, I think I would. I... You don't think you would? No, I think I would. I think it just probably depends on whose. Well, uh, I you know what? Honestly, anybody... Yeah, it's probably not that big of a deal, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I'm like anyone you're having that conversation with openly is probably somebody that was a close friend anyway. And even so, like it's healthy. It's natural. It's probably a lot healthier than the crap we drink normally. I mean, I wouldn't want it warm because I just wouldn't want warm milk to begin with. Right. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't like go out of my way to find it, but I guess (laughs) – it's, I guess when you think about it, like, yeah, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal in my head. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I know Rachel says that is juice squeezed from a person. Right. Which does not make it appetizing. No. But it's like They're we drink about juice about. squeezed from animals. Is that right, which any better? Yeah. Grosses me out. Yeah. Until it's turned into cheese and then I'm instantly not grossed out. And then ice cream is delicious. So. Right. <laughs> cheese and okay. Ice cream. So. So clearly we can, we can get past it, I think. Yeah. It's, I but, think we'd be um, okay. When they're talking about, uh, when Chandler says something along the line of like, lines of like the packaging appeals to children and adults, obviously because yeah. it's boobs. Um, somebody says something along the lines of like putting a missing child, a picture of a missing child on Carol. Yes. And I listened to this audiobook. Um, or a podcast, I can't remember now, but they're talking about milk carton kids. Oh. And you know, that's such a like cultural thing. Like you think of like a missing child poster on a milk carton, but they only did it for like two or three years. Is that right? Um, And the funny thing about it is that the campaigns made people think that children were being abducted by strangers all the time. So like stranger danger became a real thing. Um, when it was like some high percentage, I can't remember exactly, but it was somewhere in the nineties 
were taken by like a divorced parent who didn't have custody or another family member and not strangers. So you are listening to You're Wrong About Stranger Danger episode. Is that where you're getting this from? I don't think so. I don't know what that is. Because, oh, so there's this great podcast called You're Wrong About, and Mm -hmm. they go back and they talk about different cultural phenomenon, like news frenzy stories, and how everybody, like, basically got it wrong because we went on these certain facts that the media picked up, but that weren't necessarily true. Um, Or that maybe were true, but when you actually look at it, you needed the context, that kind of a thing. But it's all these things that were like cultural phenomena. And they do talk about Stranger Danger as one of the episodes. And they talk about milk carton, kids on milk carton. So I didn't know that it was only for a couple of years, but they do talk about how it came about in the 90s. It came about because there was a couple high profile cases of kids gone missing. Um, and then the numbers were way inflated about like millions of kids go missing every year. And they and they were like, what? Like, no, I don't. Like, we're not missing millions of America's children. You know, it's not like half the kids in the country leave or disappear every year. And they they do talk about that. How it was like um, a missing kid is considered like some places were considering a kid who was gone for three hours and didn't come home at five o'clock when they were supposed to, and their parents call the police, and there's that kid gone missing. Yeah, and then other places are like, nope, twenty four hours. And so that's a little bit different, but exactly as you say, a lot of it was um, a divorced, a a parent that didn't have custody. Yeah, non-custodial parents. Yes, we're taking, uh, abducting the children. So, and in general, it's usually people that, it's like, there was this whole idea of like, oh, it was, it's strangers abducting children or like strangers assaulting you. Yeah, it's usually like any of those statistics, like assault, um, abduction, all that. It's usually somebody that knows you. But anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. But I didn't realize yeah. it was only a couple of years. So yeah, it is a cultural phenomenon. I'd like yeah. to highlight that again, it's a milk, big milk reference. Just tally it up there for those big of you that are in, just seeping in at this pot. For those of you that are shit. part of my big milk conspiracy. <laughs> big milk. Um, yeah, it was something like they ran it for like three years pretty heavily in the 80s. And then they did it the rep, like like in mid-80s. And then it kind of petered out through the end of the 80s. And by the 90s, it was completely obsolete. Wow. Um, it is one of those things like everybody knows when you say something like missing kid on a milk carton. Like we all know that even though it wasn't actually it was as big of a thing a as it years. Made. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Yeah, I know. So as soon as you said it, that's the only thing I could think about. <laughs> Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, yeah, cool. I apparently like when this whole missing children, children being abducted thing, like a lot of companies kind of jumped on the bandwagon. And so I wonder if that was like the milk carton, like the milk company's version of jumping on was like putting the kids on the cartons was their way of like trying to, I wonder if that ever was successful in returning. I'd be interested. It was something real. It was like a couple of kids were returned because of milk cartons a couple of kids that were abducted that ended up on milk cartons were returned i don't know if it was because of the milk cartons oh you're right right but it was a shockingly low number of even the kids that made it on the milk cartons actually made it home yeah um that but what made me think like after the stranger danger thing and like 
when you found out when they figured out that most children were being abducted by like family members anyway, or like people they knew, it became really popular to have like a password. Did your parents have a password? Um, to, like, if somebody was you up. Do you remember that? I remember this. I th- we're, did we talk about this on a previous episode or did we just talk? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Probably just in a previous time of life. A time of life. Okay. You tell me, did you guys have a password? We did. Are you allowed to say what it was? Well, I don't think I'm going to get abducted now because no one's picking me up from school. So I probably can say it. Okay. It's Cowboys, like Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, your dad liked the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he still does. That Even is. He curses him. So, in a true my mom fashion, um, I had told her about that, or maybe she came and told me and was like, oh, you know, some people are doing this password thing in case. You know, so it's like the whole idea for those of you that aren't familiar is like if somebody comes to pick you up that's not your parents and they're like, oh, hey, I'm your – I'm your dad's friend, John. He told me to come pick you up from school today because he's stuck at work. if it is like uncle or like your neighbor. Yeah, like somebody that you do know. The whole thing is if your Mm -hmm. parents actually did ask them to come pick you up because your parents got stuck at work or, you know, got in an accident or something like that, they would give them this password. And so then the person would have to tell you the password and that's how you knew that your parents actually did, Um, which is a good idea. Yeah, so my mom told me one day, she was like, no, I, there's no password. If I need you, I will come get you. And it's like, the whole, I do remember that. The if, whole, if someone else is going to pick you up, your, your father and I will tell you. We will, t- we will, we will come get you ourselves. Mom. Nobody else will pick you up. <laughs> so it's yes. like so typical of my mom. The whole idea is like, mom, what if you and dad are driving and you get in an accident and you're incapacitated? Like, obviously if you can't speak, then the whole password thing goes out the window. But like, that was the whole point was like the password is just in case somebody uh-huh. else needs to come get you. And my mom was like, no, I will get you myself. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we didn't have a password. <laughs> it was really funny. The other day I was meeting a friend to go on a walk and she has three kids and they call me auntie Renee. We are not related, but I'm just like always yeah. around. Yeah. Creepy aunt Renee is yeah. like to be known as, um, but we were going to go on a walk and the kids were going to go with us and, and her oldest kid is 13. So she, like, she's kind of allowed to stay home by herself sometimes yeah. now. So they were going to be at the house and then she's like, Oh, I told her like we were going to be back earlier. Can I call her? Like, would you mind picking her up? Two of two of her three kids were at the house and she's like, would you mind picking them up um, and bringing them here just because I don't want them to be there too long. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then I was like, do I need a password? <laughs> She's like, a password? I'm like, do they know I'm coming? Do they, like, know it's okay that I'm picking them up? Like, I was so overly aware of it. Yeah. Just in the back of my mind. But, and what was funny is then when I got there, she said her son was like, but how will we know? I don't remember what Renee's car looks like. Like, how will we know it's her? And she's like, because you'll see Renee getting out of the car. That's how you'll know it's Renee picking you up. <laughs> so everybody's worried about this except for their yes. mom. Their mom's like, yes, exactly. sort it out. <laughs> Yes. And that's why I was like, well, maybe you should have a password. Cause what if one, you, I don't, how are you going to trust me? You don't know what, I, you don't know what I'm about. Like <laughs> throwing suspicion on myself for no reason, but. Oh, that is so um, funny. All I could think was they should have a password. Even though her mom had literally just called her and said, Renee's picking you up. So it's different now with cell phones. Cause there's like, it's easier to get in touch. Yeah, that's true. The, the cell phone thing does change the game. Yeah. 
but it was like when we were in elementary school and definitely didn't have cell phones. No, they weren't around. Passwords or Ashley's mom was going to be there anyway. Yeah, she will hobble herself, her own body. The password is, I'm here in person to pick you up. The password is, I'm Ashley's mom. I don't need a password. (laughs) Give me Ashley now. Um, Hey, something else that I um, thought was interesting I wanted to share, maybe only interesting to me, but do you know how we make fun of Susan in the first season because she's shouting the entire time? You don't think the baby can hear you in there? (laughs) Um, Well, I looked up that actress and it turns out that she has actually done a bunch of Broadway so oh, okay yeah That's so I, voice modulation yes so her projection <laughs> mr Bur- projection is is actually founded and she did just have to learn to change because she's changing mediums um so mm-hmm. i figured that she deserved a little bit of grace for that one so saws susan saws oh, oh sorry it's kiwi for sorry oh it's kiwi whoops okay. saws saws um yeah we probably will be correcting ourselves a lot oh yeah definitely years um so if there's ever something that we get wrong please feel free to email us at bestfriendsclubpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website that has the email forum www.bestfriendsclubpodcast.com or you can just dm us on instagram yeah at bestfriendsclubpodcast Although I will say this is not going to be a perfectly accurate um, critique on friends. So like if you're going to know if anyone listens to my favorite murder, but they're always like, if you want actual facts, you should probably go somewhere else. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that about our podcast. Yeah. So if you want to like, we'd love to hear if you have some input on it. Like if you were like, here's the real numbers on how many abducted kids were turned in from the milk cartons, like share it. We'd love to hear it. Interesting. We'll post it if it's, if it's interesting. Um, and we do love to hear from you guys. We read every email, we read every DM. Um, we try to respond as best we can. And we do try to share stuff when we feel like it's relevant. So definitely write in. But if you're going to be like fact-checking every episode, um, we're all going to get bored. So maybe don't do that. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Or you could tell us what your password was. Yeah. If that other passwords and it wasn't just us. Ooh, also. And no one try to abduct me now that you know the password. (laughs) You're like, Matt sent you? What? He said Cowboys? Okay. Um, it's weird, but I'll get in. Um, I would also love to hear if, well, this is kind of morbid, but if anybody ever tried to pick you up and you had a password and they didn't know, like, did were you ever saved by the password oh. system? That would be interesting. That I would also like to know. Yeah. So just tell us your password stories, but not like <laughs> your current, you know, email password. You get it. You know what we mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it with the breastfeeding. Ross freaks out about it, but he eventually does try it. And he's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, like, at the very well, end when he stuffs his yeah. mouth with like five Oreos, which yep. we feel you on that one. I mean, good call. never a bad time to eat five Oreos. Nope. Or ten. Or the whole sleeve. Or the whole sleeve. Don't worry about it. They're making those sleeves smaller and smaller. I'm sure it's not that I'm <laughs> eating more and more Oreos. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it for the breast milk. Yeah. And we've got uh, Joey and one of his side gigs as the perfume sprayer, which we did talk about in one of the um, earlier episodes. Yeah, I think he's done it before. Um, 
He's definitely done it before. He'll do it again. I think it's a great side gig for an actor. Um, and he's like dressed to the nines, like a very fancy gentleman. Um, Bijan for men. Dijon from wait Bijan Bijan yeah not Dijon like mustard not Dijon like mustard Bijan like, like whatever Bijan with a B yeah <laughs> whatever Bijan means does it mean something in French I'm assuming probably why don't we let our listeners tell us we've got a lot of Canadian listeners so if any of you guys yeah. speak French parl whatever just write it <laughs> just write it about what what Bijan I did tell us what Bijan means please. Merci. I want to say it means like it's not dog. No, there is a dog called a Bichon, isn't there? Let's not Google it. 100%. I want our listeners to tell us. Okay, yeah, someone tell us. We would love to know. Um, but yeah, so he's doing the Bichon for men, Dijon for maybe people are running away because they think he's saying Dijon. They and don't want like, mustard. I don't want to smell like mustard. Get out of here. So, but then we've got the ombre man, waltzed in. Ombre. Not, this uh, department store is not big enough for the two of us situation going on. We got Annabelle oh. just stirring the pot. Yeah. Just a willingly being a pawn. Accent. And, you know, she's interested in ombre man and tells Joey to take a hike. And then Joey comes in in his silky cowboy outfit. Oh, it's so like, funny. It's so silky and so white. And then once he out ombres the other ombre guy, Annabelle's into it. So she's clearly into it for the uniform. She yeah, that's a good cowboy. point. She is. She loves a man in a satin cowboy uniform. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, you can't blame Annabelle. You can't blame Annabelle. Um, yeah, this is one of, you know, Joey's nine million side jobs that we'll see over the years. I think it's really funny at the end of this when they're having their little, like, duel like draw and they're both so the store just opens and they're both standing there with their ombre and they're trying to see who can spray first and um the ombre man sprays so the not joey the other cowboy sprays but he accidentally gets the guy in the eye and the guy starts shouting at him and he's like and the manager's like todd (laughs) he's like i'm sorry i'm such a i'm such a doofus (laughs) i know they make him so goofy Ah, it was really funny. And then, weirdly, Annabelle and Joey decide to go get that cup of coffee and walk off their shifts at the very start of the day. Yeah, I catch that. (laughs) It's like 9.02 a.m. And they're like, oh, well, time for a break. (laughs) Well, I mean, such as friends, right? Yeah, I guess. Can't work too hard without stopping for a cup of coffee. That's true. So this is one of the few ways the show is unrealistic. (laughs) Just a couple of ways. Yeah, that's um, not how it I works was at the mall, but okay. Right. I know. They're like, you will not leave until you sell all these clothes. Um, I was curious when they're, it's because I'm like, I, I feel like I stopped going to malls very much after college. Like, I just don't feel like, like online shopping became more of a thing and there were less and less stores in the mall that I was interested in going to. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't really remember when the spraying stopped. I just know it really doesn't happen now. Yeah. So I looked it up. It was in 2011, Nordstrom decided to eliminate it from all of its stores, and slowly all these other stores started to follow suit um, because it had become so unpopular with guests. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So now it's almost like I don't think I've seen somebody spray perfume in a department store. Like, they have the testers out, but nobody, like, assaults 
the scent. I think about that. That makes so much more sense rather than like a, a like 12 really strong perfumes being sprayed every 60 seconds oh, yeah. into the air. Oh, like God. how awful. So horrible. That had to be really bad, like not only for customers, but for the poor people that work there, like at the makeup counter, which is next to perfume. Like that must have been horrible. I know. What perfume do you wear? Um, I wear, uh, it's Giorgio Armani and it's called C. It's like a little, um, and there's a couple different ones, but I wear through your eyeballs or the ocean. What? Like looking through your eyeballs? Oh, neither. C as in like yes in Spanish. Oh, okay. I wasn't there yet. So yes in Spanish. Okay, Yes great. in Spanish. And it's the one And also with maybe the... Italian? You tell me. I don't know. I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, Language podcast with a friend's flair. Buongiorno tutti. <laughs> I wear buongiorno tutti. Um, and it's the one with oh the... Oh my gosh. I wish that was the name of your perfume. Let me finish telling you about this perfume. Okay, <laughs> it's the one with the black top. Because there's a bunch of different ones. What the Giorgio Armani C with the black top? Giorgio Armani C with the black top. What is the one that you wear? I wear two. One is B by Balenciaga. And the other one is um, a brand called Commodity, which I think is only sold at Sephora. I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah. And it's The scent is called Book. Book. Like reading book. a book. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All the names are like really... It's like cedar, linen, wool, velvet. Oh, commodities. So it's all like, yeah, commodities. Um, but I actually like book and I really like velvet. Oh, that's fun. That's so good. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like perfume's a tricky little thing. Like, I really liked C and now I'm kind of over it, but I still have an entire bottle to get through. And mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah, it's interesting how perfume smells so different on, such, on different people. Mm-hmm. Do you know you can get a perfume profile done or like a scent profile done? Huh. No. Yeah, that's the okay. thing. Like, you know, like some people can tell you what your color palette is or like what type, like what shape of clothes fit your body. You can also get a scent profile done. Do they smell you and then tell you? I have no idea, but the only time I've ever heard of like an actual person talking about it was when I was taking the Amtrak or some <laughs> bus from New York City to visit my friend in Philly. Um, and there was like, if I think it was Amtrak, do they do buses or do they just do trains? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was the Greyhound. I don't remember, but I was taking a bus from, um, New York to Philly or maybe I was taking a train girl. I don't remember. It was so long ago. Maybe it was 15. No, sorry. sorry. 16. Excuse me. When was 1990? (laughs) When was 1990? I was on a bus in 1990. And there was like one of the other girls on the bus was talking about she did scent profiles for people. And so she was like talking to her friend about doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Interesting. I know I typically like things that have notes of tuberose in it. What is tuberose? It is something that smells good on me. Oh, good. I think it's a flower. Okay. But it's not like a, a like a sickly sweet right. smell. Right, not like a florally flower. Uh, no, it's a little bit... I don't know. It smells really good. That's cool. I like bergamot, but I don't necessarily know that it smells good on me. I just like it. Yeah. I like bergamot too, but yeah, agreed. I don't know if it would smell good on me. Only one way to find out. Yeah. Just try it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I remember in college you wore Light Blue by Dolce & Gabbana. I did. Well, at first I used to wear Clinique Happy, like mm-hmm. the rest of the world. And then I started wearing Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue, like a lot of the world. Um, but that, yeah, that was, I stopped wearing that in undergrad. Yeah. Pretty sure. I had uh, essential oils from the flea market that said inspired by Clinique Happy. <laughs> <laughs> It and also is just as good as the real thing. Doesn't <laughs> he say it's, it is as good as Giorgio? Yeah. <laughs> Are you wearing what Ross wears? Inspired by Giorgio? Inspired by Giorgio. It sounds like you were. I sure was. Oh. My household did not, uh, we did not splurge for the sense. Fair enough. I mean, I was also like 12, so yeah, I don't, I don't blame them we're not buying the expensive things. Um, yeah. So, so I don't think this is Joey's last, uh, perfume gig expedition. Yeah. I don't think so either. And then, uh, the only thing that really continues our plot line from the first episode in the season is, uh, Julie Julie. and Rachel hating Julie and, um, and Ross dating Julie. And Ross dating Julie, and Julie has a friend. I feel like I said Julie 90 times. Julie has a friend who's about to quit his job at Sax- or Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's, yep. And she offers abusing his discount to the group, and Monica says, I'll go with you. And then everyone's like, Rachel's going to kill you. You're, like, cheating on her in her house of worship, yeah. which I think is a great way to describe it. Yeah. But what do you think? Do you think that this is betrayal or that Monica is just being a supportive sister? Well. Or do you feel like she can win? Or do I feel like what? Do you feel like she can't win either way? I, yeah. So poor Monica is just thinking like, oh, okay, cool. Fun, like supportive sister. I'll go do this. And then like, yes, obviously Rachel's going to be upset. But I don't know. It's one of those tricky things. I haven't really thought about this before, but let's, so let's talk it out. Because it's like, Rachel hates Julie. And so as Rachel's best friend, is Monica supposed to hate Julie too? But obviously it's her brother's girlfriend who he really likes. And I think Monica puts it really well, skipping ahead here. I think Monica puts it really well at the end where she's like, Julie didn't do anything wrong. Like she's just a girl who met a guy and Mm -hmm. like, she didn't know the politics she was walking into and history. And so I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Monica, like, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, if Julie was a jerk or would have screwed over Rachel to get with Ross or something like that, then definitely Monica shouldn't be, then, like, Rachel would have a founded reason. But it's like, should Monica hate someone just because Rachel hates somebody when she doesn't have any right to? Or, like, shouldn't really? That's how I feel. And I think maybe if Ross wasn't Monica's brother and he wasn't the guy in question, then she wouldn't really. Yeah. Like, if like it well, was... why are you going out of your way to be friends with her? Yeah. If it was like, it was like Chandler's new girlfriend and Rachel had feelings for Chandler or something well, like that. Well, even like they're in such a close group, I guess, like, you know, everyone needs to kind of be cordial to her. But... I just feel like poor Julie, it would suck if everybody was like, no, you're on your own. And like, I know. Mean to her about it. Yeah, but what I don't agree with, I think Monica kind of is in a sucky position. Like, I think she did the right thing by saying yes and being nice to her because, like, it's her brother's girlfriend, for better or for worse. And, um, but Monica sneaking around about it is what makes it 
like if you're not doing anything wrong, then you don't have to hide it. Yes. And so I think being found out makes it look like it makes it feel even more like betrayal because you're obviously hiding it. So I was totally going to say the same thing. Like when she's pretending she has a lunch date and then Rachel finds out and she admits it. And then Monica's mm-hmm. Monica's excuse is you weren't supposed to find out. And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make it better. Like right. the lie is not like the lie is obviously hurtful, but it's like what you were doing is what's hurtful to Rachel. And so right. you being like, oh, well, you weren't supposed to find out. Like you don't, I don't know. People do this all the time, I feel like, where they do something that they know is going to hurt somebody else. And whether or not Monica was right in doing it is it like put that aside for a second. Mm-hmm. But Monica's doing something that she knows is going to hurt Rachel. And then, and then she feels like she has to sneak around and lie to protect Rachel. And then when the lies found, when she's found out, she's like, oh, you weren't supposed to find out. And it's kind of like, I don't know why people think that like them finding out is the hurtful thing. It's like, well, right. no, now she's just also, and, and in addition to being hurt, she's also humiliated that everybody else knew and that yep. she was like an idiot and everyone else knows and she's embarrassed and humiliated right. and hurt. Yeah. And so it's like whenever people and- act like they're doing you a favor by covering up something or lying to you, it's like, Actually, just be honest because it's the event that's hurtful and the lie is mm-hmm. adding insult to injury. Well, and how long does she really think she was going to be able to keep it up? Like eventually yeah. they'd all be hanging out and Julie would be like, oh my gosh, Monica, the other day when we were at that restaurant, could you remember when that guy said X, Y, and Those type of things just come up. Maybe she just thought that Rachel would get over it. And so she was just trying to like bide her time. I don't know. I do feel like it's weird and I wanted to get your opinion on this. When they're arguing about the receipt and mm-hmm. and Monica was like, you weren't supposed to find it. And Rachel's like, oh, please, you wanted to get caught. Mm-hmm. And then they like go off on this whole thing about like, did you ever think that maybe I'm just that stupid? And I like obviously the, the shtick here is that they're supposed to be arguing like a couple where someone's cheated on their partner. Yeah. But like I feel like I've heard that before, the whole like you wanted to get caught. What What do you think about that? I don't know. I think I really do think a lot of times people deep down do want to get caught. Really? Because not because they want to get caught, but because the deception is like tearing them apart. Because they know that they're, yeah, okay, they're hurting somebody or something. I think there is something like in your deepest, I think there is something like deep down that most people do have uh like a moral compass yeah they know it's the right thing or the wrong thing and so i think that they so they're kind of trying to like self-sabotage to get found out yeah i I think a lot of it is subconscious maybe so do you think that that's true for most people but then like people who don't are like the true psychopaths who don't have any type of moral compass and don't actually know right from wrong. That's interesting. I've never really thought about that because I've heard, like I've heard that that type of expression or phrase said before and obviously here. And I'm kind of like, that's when I was like, why did they go down that track? Like obviously the issue should be that she's doing something that's hurting Rachel and now lying and covering it up and it shouldn't matter whether or not she wanted to get caught or not. But I think part of it too is that if you get caught, you never have to be the one to bring it up and tell somebody. Ah, some, I think that actually is what it is part of it because it like just happens. So it's kind and of, and then you're like, oh, 
you weren't supposed to find out. Like, so it's kind of they like, never have to be like, Hey, I'm doing this thing that I know is going to hurt you. Okay. So it's like, it's like when somebody doesn't want to break up with someone else. So they just start getting more and more distant or acting like a jerk. So that the other person or cheating on them or something. Yeah. To give the other person a reason the to break up. The other person will have to have the confrontation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're, you're the innocent bystander who was trying to do the right thing or whatever you're telling yourself, you know? Right. Man. So I think that's what it is. Okay. So but it's just that I'm we need to like, just... we need to just be better about communicating. I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of like their faux argument. Yeah, it's funny. Fair. It's funny. Um, but what I don't like is when Monica is like, Phoebe, you were with me all day and we went shopping. And then Rachel comes over and is talking to them and Phoebe is doing all the talking and obviously she doesn't know what she's supposed to say. And Monica like is doing all these like pantomimes. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't just say what they were doing because she was there too. You know, so she like, could if have you just and I chimed in. And somebody was asking you where we went and you pause. I could be like, Oh, we went to the mall or whatever. Yeah. Instead of chiming, she's like pulling her bra out of her shirt rather than just saying, Oh, we went and got bras. Yeah. She, like, makes Phoebe suffer through the awkward pantomime of not knowing what they were doing. It's funny that Phoebe goes, we were shopping for fur. And then I remembered that I'm against that. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what? I know. She's so funny. She is funny. But, yeah. And then we bought boobs. You bought boobs? <laughs> bras. Bras. We bought bras. Right. Like, because Rachel turns to Monica and they both start laughing. Yeah. Rather than correcting her just lets Phoebe continue to suffer. Yeah. And I really thought about cover that. up. It bugs me. Um, um, I do think so. Um, when they, like when Monica does get caught that she's sneaking around with Julie and then Rachel's like really mean to her and, and Monica's like, is it really that big of a deal? Like finally they have the conversation. And then Rachel's like, not only has she stolen the guy that maybe I'm actually supposed to be with, but she's stealing you, my best friend. And that kind of makes me like, then I'm kind of like, oh, okay. I do understand where Rachel's coming from. Even though Julie kind of did nothing wrong. Like she's seeing Julie as this like domineering goes and gets what she wants and manipulate. Cause that's what Rachel would have done. Like no offense, but, and so she's seeing it for like at its very worst and then thinking that she's stealing her best friend, which especially if you're going through a heartbreak, like you want your best friend there on your side and it would suck if you feel like that you don't have that person. Right. That would suck. I remember um, not the same situ- situation, but similar. Um, a boyfriend and I broke up and we'd been dating for quite a while and like all of our friends were this, like the same friend group with a really tight net friend group. And, um, he and I broke up and it was my, I'm the one that broke up with him. Um, but it was still, you know, it was still devastating to like lose your friend and partner. And then like your friend group has this, you know, ripple throughout it and whatever. And he was, um, being pretty mean to me afterwards. And so I remember like, I couldn't really hang out with him that much. He was still friends with my good friends and my roommates. And so I was like, no, it's fine. Like hang out with them. That's okay. Um, but then he started dating like a few months after he started dating another girl and she straight up ignored me, but tried to like 
be best friends with my roommates. And I remember she would just, so weird. it was weird. Like she would just like, I remember she would have art nights at her house and she'd invite them and she'd be like, I just love you guys. I love you. And I was like, okay, you've known them for a couple months. And also like, I need some support here too right now. So could you please not go for like the two people that are my biggest support? Like it was, it felt super weird. And I was really like, not having it. And I do remember being upset with her about it. And maybe, and maybe it's just because they were all so close with him. And so maybe I was pulling a bit of a Rachel. No, that is hard. And it's also hard because then you're like, why do I still have to be involved basically with this person? Yeah. Who is my ex? Like I'm still like connected to them. Like I knew it was gonna, I knew that we were going to still run into each other because we had such a tight friend group, but now it was like every Tuesday, my roommates were gone spending time with her that I was not invited to. And they were lying about it. I remember because they were like, oh, you're going to be hurt. So they just didn't tell me. And I remember being like, it's worse that you're not telling me. Like, just do it and then tell me so I don't look like an idiot. Yeah. It was a weird situation. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. It's always hard when, like, I don't know, somebody so it's hard. And- all hard. All of it's hard. All of it's hard. And also I feel like um, we were in our twenties and so we're Monica and Ross and Rachel. And it's like, you don't know that stuff till you navigate through it and you just bumble your way through it first. And Monica, bumble. I really do think in her hangout with Julie, she was just doing the best she could. Yeah. Agree. Hiding it. But she, you know, she might not have hit it if everyone else wasn't like, she's going to be so mad. That's true. That you're doing this. And I think originally she didn't think it was a big deal. And then everyone else made it a really big deal. And so then she felt like she had to hide it and sneak around. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So Monica, we understand doing the best she could. So, yeah. So, I mean, we still got Julie. Julie is still on the scene. She's still on the scene. And then the very end is another thing that makes me. Like we were talking last oh, episode about how Rachel yeah. is like does one nice act for Julia and Ross, but then actually like tries to give Julia Planet of the Apes haircut and then like is still <laughs> sabotaging, I feel like. Yeah, and yeah, so Julia and Rachel at the end are like Rachel's like, you know, I, I just I didn't really like you and Monica said you're super nice and I hate it when she's right. So, you know, I thought we could kinda hang out or whatever. And Julia's like, Would you like to go see a movie sometime? Oh, I have to go. Um, well, and Julie, before that, Julie's like, Julie's like, oh, I'm, I've been so intimidated by you. Like, she's being so vulnerable and yeah. kind and transparent and like honest with, with Rachel. That like, oh, I've actually been really intimidated because Ross just loves you so much and you're so beautiful. And I just thought you didn't like me. And yeah, and Rachel's like, basically, what? Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. She's like, yeah, I didn't, which is fine. Like, that's okay. She's being honest. But then I just feel like Julie's being so transparent. And when she's like, should we go see a movie? Like, it'd be really great to get to know you. And Rachel's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we should do that. Like, so Julie's now thinking like, awesome, I've overcome this hurdle. I was, I was fully transparent and vulnerable with this woman. And now she's going to like be nice to me about it. Yeah. But I also think when people are like, we talked about about this not too long ago. People were like, oh my gosh, when can we hang out? I would love to hang out. And then like, they never suggest a time. But I don't think that's what Julie's doing. I don't know. Because they're going to see each other every day. Like they're always, I think she's just saying like, I think, I just mean the fact that she put her guard down 
and was super vulnerable with Rachel. And then at the end, Rachel's like, what a manipulative bitch. Like, like, no, she's not. She's just she's being so nice. Seeing through, seeing through her through her eyes. Because I think it's because if it was Rachel saying all that stuff, she'd only be doing it to get what she wants and to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So thus, sorry, I don't really like hurt people, hurt people. They do say that. They do say that. Um, Yeah. I just feel like there's some real bad qualities that Rachel has and like this is kind of highlighting it. But apparently that's true. I I was reading something and apparently a lot of people see themselves in Rachel. Um, I didn't know that because you and I don't, I don't think. Um, No. So, yeah, so maybe listeners out there, like, am I offending you? Do you see yourself as Rachel? And you're, there was. Do you think that people see themselves as Rachel because they, like, the idealized version of her? Like, everybody. Yeah, I do. Themselves as a Carrie. Yeah, sex of the city. exactly. I mean, not to be rude, <laughs> but yeah, I do. I think you everybody, is, I think that it's a little bit of, like, we all star in our own movie. You know what I mean? And everybody. Right. Sees them thinking Claire Danes. Yeah, I was thinking Claire Danes. I do, but it's like, really? So you were also raised as like a spoiled brat that got everything you want and you've never been rejected by a lover? Okay, that's good. I've never good heard this um, animosity towards Rachel that you have. I just didn't know it was in there. I just... Really coming out in the second season so far. <sighs> Sorry. I just... She's got some pretty bad qualities, and I know everybody does, but I think yeah, it This just... is definitely not her finest moment. Well, no, and Probably I... this... And when she tries to seduce Joshua, or probably <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I it's funny, but it's like pathetic. It's funny. I think it just depends on what you value. And one of the things that really, really, really upsets me is when people are like cocky and selfish. And she's just, it's like her selfishness on display in these episodes. And so it really upsets me. And I think it bugs me. Like there's other things that are probably just as disgusting, more disgusting to other people that I would give a pass. And so I think that's all it is, is I just really, it grates me when I see people acting so selfishly. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's all. So I'm sure that's unpopular, but uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Yeah. Are you a Rachel? Yeah, do you Does think, actually hate you too? Do you think you're a Rachel? Who do you think you are? Should we say now? I think it's kind of obvious yours. I think we talked about it, but I'm Monica for sure. For sure. Who do you think I am? 100%. Uh, we've talked about – maybe we didn't talk about it on air. I can't remember. But I really do think you are Phoebe if we're going with who you're the most like. I disagree. Who do you think you are, Chandler? I think I'm a Rachel. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm most like Ross. Do you think no, I'm more we like... we talked about this. Why did, oh, because I'm not jealous? No, I just... I don't know. There's like a a wonderful childlikeness to you. Oh, thank you. That I, that I see in Phoebe. And obviously you're not as like weird but you do have these like funny ways of logic that i think phoebe has that sometimes nobody else understands okay people here's what it is i'm a mix of phoebe (laughs) as she is and phoebe the stock trader because i do have a very high power corporate job totally (laughs) okay fair enough i think you love ross but i don't think you're like ross okay i'll accept i think we associated for a long time that you were like ross because you love him but i don't think that is I think that's fair. Um, I think you're right. Not as weird, but like, 
more. You have these funny little quirks in the way that you see the world, and I love it. And you're kind of like left. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think that's true. I think you very easily fit into the Monica profile and so that one's quite yes. simple if are quite um a good fit but yeah okay i'll accept that one yeah cool funny hey and let Ashley us know that she's also very shrill and i do uptight. not think you're shrill <laughs> i'm still all those things <laughs> still all those things um write to us and let us know what who are you who do you see yourself as and we'll tell you what you guys write us let us know. Either um, email us at bestfriendsclubpodcast at gmail.com or DM us or even just comment on the on this post um, for episode two and let us know. And we'll tell you how many of you think you're Rachel. <laughs> we won't name names. We'll just give you a percentage. Maybe we should do a poll. Ooh, okay. We'll do a poll. Do a poll. Check our Instagram for a poll. Check our Insta stories for the poll. Okay. All right, guys. This has been fun. Thanks for joining us. Best Friends Club podcast. Uh, tune in next time for season two, episode three. The one where Heckles dies. Aww. Oh, no. Rip. So sad. Don't worry. It's still funny. It's funny, but hi, yeah. Mr. Heckles. We love you. We love you. Okay. All right. I'm Renee. I'm Ashley. Bye, everybody. Next time. Bye. Bye.